Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, fans, and welcome into the Friday, March the 16th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, and still your very sick host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins continue their busy start to the free agency period, solidifying the offensive line. We're going to talk about Josh Sitton, and we'll be joined by Brian Peacock of the Locked On 49ers podcast to talk about Dan Kilgore, the Dolphins' new center. We'll also revisit the Dolphins' needs list and jump into your Twitter questions on the Locked On Dolphins mailbag. But first, I have to remind you guys again to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. I'll be reading some of those reviews on the air here in a future episode. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. That has a follow back account, so you give us a follow there. We will go ahead and take your recommendations and ideas for the show. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network. Tons of good film study stuff up there right now on Josh Sitton and Dan Kilgore, as well as daily news items. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On 49ers podcast with my guest Brad Peacock here, and the Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go. That's another Miami Dolphins And first down, we're going to go ahead and bring in my guest to talk about the Dolphins' new starting center, Dan Kilgore. And I'm joined now by the host of the Locked On 49ers podcast on the Locked On Network, Brian Peacock. He is at BD Peacock on Twitter. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening, man? Thanks uh, for having me on. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you're doing some uh, some vacationing right now, so I appreciate you taking the five or six minutes here to, get, to give us some notes on our new starting center, Dan Kilgore. He comes over from the 49ers in a trade, which basically the Niners sound like they were going to cut him otherwise, simply because they went up four spots in the seventh round of the draft. So... What do you? Th- what's your opinion on that? Obviously, you guys just signed Weston Richburg, so he was going to be the new starting center. Dan Kilgore didn't want to play guard, so give me give me some of your thoughts on like what happened here. Yeah, and first of all, any time uh, I'll always make time for my day for a fellow Locked On podcast host. So my man, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, but with Kilgore, I think the number one thing that that stands out to me is, and really, if if you want to know who Dan Kilgore is and how the 49ers thought of him uh, and how they value him you really just have to look at the last calendar month because he's somebody that I thought they would try to upgrade this offseason. And the fact that they gave him a new contract and they re-signed him, um, that was a little surprising. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because he's one of those really good locker room guys. He's a try-hard guy. Uh, he's battled back for some pretty gnarly injuries uh, to still play pretty well and be a starting center in the NFL. And I think he has a ton of respect in the locker room and from the coaching staffs in the front office. So, um, I think that's the number one thing. And then at the same time, they don't think quite highly enough of him to not still go out and sign a better player in Weston Richburg and upgrade the position. Um, and so, but they still had the respect there. They wanted, and John Lynch said today, they wanted to give him uh, the opportunity to be in a good position and in a good situation there in Miami. So they obviously think a lot of him, but he's not such a good player that they weren't trying to upgrade the position as well. Yeah, I really like what you guys are doing over there with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, two of the guys that I really liked going into the last last season, and I kind of had some high predictions for you guys. Obviously, it didn't work out that way until you got Jimmy Garoppolo, but you kind of hit the nail on the head there talking about his locker room fit because that's been the Dolphins' 
mantra this offseason is kind of clearing out some of the guys that are selfish. Mike Pouncey wouldn't take a pay cut, but also we came we came to find out that he was cut because the Dolphins had a trade in place for Dan Kilgore. So they're going to continue that theme, getting guys in here that do things the right way. And you mentioned that he, that, you know, the last calendar month or so is February, obviously going back to the contract extension. But I went back and looked at some of his games from December compared to September, and he was a lot better when Jimmy Garoppolo came yeah. in. We saw that he had two total pressures. Both were hurries. So Garoppolo never got touched from a guy that was pass rushing on Dan, Dan Kilgore last year. Yeah, that's that's a great point because, and if you look at, the pro football focus grades and just watching games, the 49ers interior offensive line was kind of a mess, especially at center and left guard uh, for most of last season. Then when Jimmy Garoppolo came in and how quickly he got the ball out and just really everybody, even on the defensive side of the ball, somehow that everyone's game was elevated. And I think that's why you saw the 49ers so excited about Jimmy Garoppolo and giving him that new contract in the off season. And if you look at those last five games, uh, whether pro football focus grades or just watching that offense play, Daniel Kilgore played so much better. So I think scheme and the players around him will have, you know, an effect on how good he looks for the Dolphins at center. Um, I don't think he's the type of player that would affect what the Dolphins are probably trying to do in the draft or, you know, going into next season, but he's a guy that can, that can start games for you and um, try hard guy really where his career started to kind of go south. He was a very good player and, and an awesome find for the 49ers in 2011, out, um, in a fifth-round pick out of Appalachian State. And in 2014, towards the end of the year, he had a really bad broken ankle. Um, and he missed the rest of the year, and it affected a lot of 2015 as well. I think he missed 14 total games in, in 2014 and 2015. Then he had a knee injury in 2016. Uh, he really hasn't been the same player athletically, so I think that's hindered him a little bit. Uh, but he's a tough guy. He'll get in there and play. And like I said, he'll be a, a good player to have in the locker room for as long as you guys have him around. He is Brian Peacock at BD Peacock, the host of the Locked On 49ers podcast. And before I get back into Kilgore here, I wanted to give you a quick shout out here, a quick, uh, just, I guess, optimism, reason for optimism. Not that you need any more Jimmy Garoppolo, but man, <laughs> watching watching Kilgore's tape, Garoppolo's awesome. He is so good, man. You guys really nailed, just you nailed it on that pick right there. I think his skill set mixed with Kyle Shanahan is such a perfect fit. And uh, that's going to be exciting to see that going forward because they were working with a fraction of the offense last season. So a full off season with Shanahan and see how that thing grows. It's pretty exciting. And, and there are some, as, as good as the 49ers and Garoppolo played for those last five weeks, there are some areas that uh, they could improve, especially on, on the deeper passes. So we'll see if that comes to fruition in 2018, but it's amazing how much difference in an entire franchise and in wins and losses that one player can make. Uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo was plugged in, you don't often get to see that in the middle of a season for a team that's uh, one in nine, but man, or one in ten, I believe, when he started. Uh, it, it's it's crazy to see that kind of a player get plugged in and the impact that he can have. Yeah, just where you guys were from a year ago today to now. I mean, I, I see a lot of people talking about you and the Rams competing for the NFC West, which is really exciting stuff for you guys. I'm a fan personally because I'm. I'm Despite the fact that I host Locked On Dolphins podcast, I live in Washington State, so I don't like the Seahawks at all. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty excited for you guys to get a crack at them. But one last thing here before you, Brian, before I let you go, is one of the things I noticed was that you guys had a lot of uh, outside zone and reach blocking that you asked Dan Kilgore to do. And like you said, he's not the same player athletically that he once was. And it looked like he really struggled in that area. He was on the ground a lot, which I hate from an offensive lineman. Stay on your feet and mm -hmm. be an athlete. Is that something we should be concerned about, or is it something that he wasn't a scheme fit? Like, What, what do you think caused that? 
Yeah, he, he can't get out on the move as much, and I think that's one of the things that Weston Richburg is really good at. And it's funny because it's kind of a flip-flop in systems because uh, Richburg wasn't really asked to do that a lot in New York, which, which that uh, it's weird that they would have that player in that scheme. And I think they ran the maybe the fewest outside zone plays in the league in New York. And so he's coming over to the San Francisco now where he's a perfect fit. And so I think that's uh, it's going to be a huge upgrade for the 49ers and probably we'll see Weston Richburg have the best years of his career under Kyle Shanahan. Um, and as for Kilgore, yeah, it's, I think a part of that, cause he was a pretty athletic guy. You know, he was undersized. He's not going to wow you with size, strength, anything like that, but, but he'll get after it every down for you. Um, and athletically he's, he's not the same guy he was after those injuries. And so if you're asking him to get out on the move a lot, it's probably not going to be his strength. Invaluable stuff here from Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter, host of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Brian, go get back to your NCAA March Madness and your, and your uh, drinks with your friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. i got to finish this Bloody Mary. And uh, unfortunately for your listeners, probably most of them, uh, i, I got a perfect bracket still thanks to that Loyola buzzer beater <laughs> over Miami. There you go. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate <laughs> you coming on and doing this with us. Oh, yeah, no problem. Take care, man. You too, bud. Again, he is Brian Peacock at BD Peacock of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Big thanks to him for coming on the show and talking to us. He is in Lake Tahoe watching the NCAA tournament, so he took some time out of his day to go ahead and talk about Dan Kilgore for us on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We still have more to get to here talking about Josh Sitton, the Dolphins' new left guard, as well as the team needs and, of course, your Twitter questions at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. So as we record this episode today, it is the middle of the afternoon on the West Coast. As you guys should be able to tell by my voice by now, I am homesick from work for the day and just trying to get through and obviously lots of work to be done here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast as well as LockdownDolphins.com with all these signings. So I'm recording here at 4 o'clock here on the West Coast. And if we get some more news that comes in later, I will go ahead and update the episode and load it on the back end of the show. If we get any more signings or, or roster movement that happens today, I don't imagine we will, but you never know, as active as Mike Tannenbaum as the Dolphins tend to be. And speaking of that activity, the Dolphins inked left guard from the Chicago Bears, previously at the Green Bay Packers, Josh Sitton overnight, the 32-year-old left guard, has been a stalwart on the offensive line for those two teams over the course of his career, allowed 18 sacks over the last 10 years, was... PFF's second highest rated pass block efficiency left guard in 2016 and then last year he was the 11th so one of the best players at his position comes in gives you some, gives you some stability right away and fits exactly what I've been asking for all off season long and getting a veteran left guard that can come in and do the job both in the pass game and the running game on LockedOnDolphins.com Josh Sitton a decade of dominance that piece is up right now written by yours truly got lots of gifs in there scouting reports talking about his ability both in the running game and the passing game he is a master of his craft, a great technician. He knows how to get away with those holds that the best linemen seem to do every single year and, and on a play-by-play -play basis. He will get snapped for some sometimes. The Hanky comes flying in. There was one play against the Green Bay Packers. I have the GIF up there where he comes around from the backside, the backside pulling guard, and he locks up his man, gets a good flop, and the Hanky comes flying in for a flag. So he's, he's guilty of a few holds now and then. Not the most athletic guy in terms of getting out in space, but he will definitely hold a point of attack. He's going to help the Dolphins handle those stunt protection calls that they've had a lot of problems with where the defensive end loops around. He and Dan Kilgore both specialize in that area. So the Dolphins get a lot smarter. They get a lot more veteran leadership and presence on the offensive line, and they just get a lot better. And I'm so excited about what they've done with this offensive line and remaking this offense. The offensive rebuild is completely underway and almost complete to this point, building around Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, with a solid offensive line, a bunch of little shifty slot receivers that can win off line scrimmage quickly. That has been the theme of the week for us on the Locked On Dolphins podcast here. 
but there are still some needs on the roster. And before we get into those real quick here, just wanted to pass it along the note that Mike Pouncey, we talked about it early on top of the show, he has been released from the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins found an opportunity to go ahead and trade for Dan Kilgore, obviously going down just four picks in the seventh round, made it a great great opportunity for them to go ahead and take advantage of that. And also getting their cost cut in half at the center position, they will pay half the salary that they owed Mike Pouncey this year. So he frees up $7 million in cap space for them for his seven years of service to the Miami Dolphins. Again, a big thanks to Mike Pouncey, but frankly, I'm not too bummed out that he's gone because he was a diminishing player. His hip was just had problems all last year in terms of being able to anchor and handle bigger nose tackles at the point of attack. He couldn't practice, but maybe once a week because of the hip problems he had. He finally played 16 games, but that was the best thing you could say about Mike Pouncey was the fact that he finally played every game of the season, which if that's the case, that's probably not a very good player. So that along with the fact that he wore those stupid free Aaron Hernandez shirts many, many years ago when Aaron Hernandez was out killing people. Frankly, I'm just, I'm pretty glad that he's gone. I mean, it, it's time to turn the page and, and move on from him here. Well, he thinks he can gonna, he's going to go out and get another big contract from someone else, but I think he's about to be in for a rude awakening. Wouldn't take a pay cut the same way Dominican Sue wouldn't and the same way Jarvis Landry wanted too much money. So if you don't fall in line with the way the team wants to operate things, you're going to get out of here. This is Adam Gaze's show now being built the right way, and they have remade this offense as promised midway through the season last year when Adam Gaze blew up talking about how some of the guys weren't doing the right things. Jay Ajayi gets traded. Jarvis Landry gets put on the block, and now this, just changing over all these older players that weren't getting the job done. Maybe not older players. Let's call them veteran players that were not getting the job done. So we are clear of all of these needs. We still have a tight end need, a linebacker need, a defensive tackle and running back, and a dime safety, as well as a backup quarterback and a number two running back, or number three running back, I should say, to go along with the number three running back. And if you look at the free agent class, what it is right now, the safety class is pretty wide open. There's some good guys to be had there. You can still find some backup quarterbacks on the market, although you might have to go back to the draft for that. But the running back positions and the tight end positions seem a little bit bleak on the market, on the free agent market right now. The Dolphins might have to go into the draft with a couple of needs they're going to have to attack there. But going back to my podcast yesterday, talking about the Dolphins' first pick, sounds like a defensive tackle is very much in the mix there. They're going to have to get some linebacker help right now because right now you're looking at Rayquan McMillan, Kiko Alonso, Stephon Anthony, and Chase Allen, and Mike Hole at linebacker. you got to have to upgrade that. Kiko Alonso is getting way too many snaps in that scenario. So... We talked about Shaquem Griffin. We talked about drafting the guy from Vanderbilt, Oren Burks. That's two linebackers that would give you a pass rusher as well as a guy that can help out in coverage a little bit. But the Dolphins are going to have to do something, whether it's a free agent. I don't imagine they're done yet. They have some money to spend. They obviously cleared up space for a reason, getting those restructures done, getting the cuts done. Going from Mike Pouncey to Dan Kilgore, like I said, you don't lose anything in terms of ability, and you get more money. So the Dolphins freeing up space. I imagine there's still at least one more relatively splashy move to be had. And what I mean by that is not that it's a big name, but rather someone more recognizable with a decent little paycheck opposed to like the Walt Aikens contract, for instance. You're not going to be seeing, you know, a bunch of more of those to fill out the rest of the cap. It's going to be probably one more decent little signing, whether that's Eric Ebron or a Trey Boston or someone that can come in and compete right away. Maybe even C.J. Anderson if he gets cut from the Denver Broncos eventually. We will see what happens there, but there's a lot of good draft talent at some of those positions too. So that second round draft pick, man, that's that looks like a tight end to me all the way. That seems to be what the Dolphins are thinking as well as they haven't really approached the free agent class at all, rolling with A.J. Derby and Marquise Gray. But we'll see what happens. There's a lot more to go in free agency here. We're with you guys for the next week as well, talking about all things Miami Dolphins and the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We still have the Twitter mailbag to come up here. We are at NFL on Twitter and at LockdownFins. We've got one last segment to go from the Locked On Dolphins podcast, the Friday edition, March the 16th, talking about free agency and roster building for the Miami Dolphins. We are underway with several new faces, five new guys coming in, six guys going out so far. 
And a big shout out to you guys that wrote into the podcast here and asked the questions. We have the best fans at LockedOnDolphins.com, making it the number one rated blog in the entire network. The podcast is getting there as well, growing at a crazy rate. So huge, huge thanks to you guys. And a big thank you for giving me the content to talk here about these questions because these questions every single week are fantastic that we bring them up. Let's go ahead and get started. Talking first to Brody Bruce at Bleed Aqua Orange. On paper, is this the best O-line Ryan Tannehill will ever have played behind? Yes, I think it is. 2012 was pretty good. Jake Long was fantastic that year. You still had Richie Incognito that year. Mike Pouncey was in his prime at that point too. John Jerry at right guard. And then the right tackle, I think, was Jonathan Martin. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that offensive line was really damn good. This one has potential to be even better than that simply because there's no John Martin on this offensive line. But you have Josh Sitton as well as Dan Kilgore up front. They can do a lot more in the running game in terms of not getting pushed around. Jesse Davis, the right guard, is super athletic, gives you more in the running game. I think they're going to be able to run the football better. I think the addition of that, as well as Ryan Tannehill's better accuracy in short areas compared to Jay Cutler, means they'll be on schedule. They'll have more chances for shot plays rather than having to make up for 12, second and 12 and then lose two yards on first down. So this offensive line is going to make all the difference for the Miami Dolphins in 2018. Next question comes from Survey. He is at 100 Dolphins fan. He asks, who is the best blocking tight end in the 2018 draft class? I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst because I haven't gotten deep down the list into guys that specialize just at that, but Hayden Hurst does both things very well. He's a little bit older. He's 25 years old, more mature, more polished, and he does a lot more stuff in line playing down there in the SEC at South Carolina. So I really like his game on both aspects of the game as a tight end. Question number three comes from Dolphin UK at Dolphin underscore UK. Taking into account the flurry of moves in free agency, if the draft were tomorrow, name the top five most likely picks for the Dolphins, either staying at 11 or by trading up. We talked about this on yesterday's podcast, but I'll go ahead and dive into it again. At the top remains Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick. Their ability to kind of give you flexibility in the back end on defense as well as single high safety looks. I just love both those players. I think that both could be potentially be Hall of Fame type level players. Next beyond that is Vita Vey and Deron Payne, the defensive tackles. Both guys were dominant throughout the course of their college's careers. Deron Payne most recently in the national championship game. Vita Vey both in his bowl game as well as at the Apple Cup against the hated rival Washington State Cougars. And the fifth one, let's go ahead and go with Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker. I think that his upside in terms of what he could be is a 100% snap taker, a nickel linebacker, guy that can rush off the ball as well as play off the ball linebacker. Just a fantastic looking prospect, only 19 years old, only going to get better. So those are my top five. Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, Vita Vey, Deron Payne, and Tremaine Edmonds at the top of the draft. If we trade up, it'd probably be for a quarterback, maybe Saquon Barkley, but I don't think that's going to happen. The next question comes from Warren Chin at 206 Outlaw 808. Would you rather have Tyron Matthew or Derwin James Minka Fitzpatrick? I'm going to go with the younger guys because Tyron Matthew is always hurt. He's going to ask for a huge contract that I don't think the Dolphins can afford right now. So let's go with the younger guys. If they are there at pick 11, I don't think either of them will be. I would like to inquire about Tyron Matthew. He's only 25 years old, but he has spent a lot of time on the IR and hasn't been the same player that he was since getting hurt back in 2015. So let's go with the two rookies there if I have to make a choice there. Next question comes from hashtag trust the culture at M-U-T-K-1-N-G. You see us having interest in Matthew. Supposedly he will cost $11 million per year. I do not because of that figure. I think he'd be a great fit in terms of what you want at the back end of the safety with needing a dime safety, a guy that can kind of cover single high back there, as well as come down on the slot and cover the nickel a little bit on four wide sets, along with Bobby McCain. But I just think he's going to be too expensive. So no, I do not think they will do it. I think there's interest, but I don't think they're going to be able to afford it. Next question comes from Angel Contreras, at A underscore Contreras 88. Most overrated free agent move so far and most underrated. I'm going to assume we're talking about the Miami Dolphins here. If not, I apologize, Angel, but the most overrated one so far... 
I don't really think I have an overrated one. I know you're talking about free agency, but let's go ahead and say Robert Quinn. I know it was a trade. I'm just going to go ahead and say him because his play hasn't been the same in several years now. He's been banged up a lot. I, I could just see a scenario where he does not work out. And Dolphins are obviously deep at that position, but if Robert Quinn doesn't work out, that's going to be a pretty big waste because they paid him $11 million this year. So that's why I'll put him as the most overrated. The most underrated is Albert Wilson, hands down to me. I have no doubt in my mind that if you gave him the exact same number of targets that Jarvis Landry had, you would have even more yardage than what Jarvis Landry gave you because he is just a slippery in the open field, has a similar level of competitiveness and fire and edge to him, and he's a much more fast and explosive player than Jarvis Landry is. So I think that he could really come in here and have a big impact running some more specialty routes for the Miami Dolphins and replacing Jarvis Landry's production, at least from an efficiency standpoint, probably not in the volume. And the last question here comes from David Bolin at dbolin98 with the player signed so far being offensive players. Do you see us going D heavy in the draft? Great question, David. That's actually something that Kevin and I have talked about. Kevin Dern, the guy that has been on the podcast with me a few times here at KevinMD4. We've talked a lot about how the Dolphins might approach this offseason by rebuilding the offense with proven veterans around Ryan Tannehill because that group is ready to be built right now because of the quarterback. Obviously, you have Kenyon Drake there, some of the guys in the offensive line, but the defensive group is such a young core and a group that could really grow and be built together. So that's why we kind of thought that adding more guys on that side of the ball that were younger through the draft that could kind of grow up together, that made a lot of sense to both of us. So that's exactly what I think they're going to do. I think that first pick in the draft is 100% going to be a defensive player and a guy that they're going to count on for a lot of snaps, not just this year, but obviously going forward into the future and a guy that you hope that can be a stalwart and kind of kind of galvanize that defense because right now you have so many young guys whether it's Cordray Tankersley Bobby McCain and Xavier Howard in the back end as well as Tony Lippett coming back Rayquan McMillan at the linebacker spot you still have Stephon Anthony on the defensive line young guys like Devon Godshaw Jordan Phillips Charles Harris and Vincent Taylor possibly Cameron Malvo there a good young group and core to build around if you can kind of go out there and find your I mean Jalen Ramsey is a good example for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those young guys that come in and really change things right away. Your Eric Kendricks over there in Minnesota with the Vikings, Anthony Barr. Those types of guys that you put them on the defense and the defense just gets so much better and you can count on that guy for the next you know seven to eight years, whatever it is. And if you get a guy that can do that and have that impact right away, it's such a big value because of how cheap they are from their money standpoint because those guys get to their second contracts and their pay goes way, way up and your cap is much more worse for it. So that's absolutely going to be the plan. I think the first pick is going to be a guy that can come in and play 80% of the snaps right away, if not more, on the defensive side and really bolster that side of the football. So that will do it for the Twitter mailbag as well as the podcast here. Seriously, guys, thank you again so much for all you guys do for listening to the podcast, for reading the website, for writing and asking questions. It helps the podcast so much more than you guys could ever imagine. And it allows me to do what I love to do every single day. So thank you guys for that so, so much. And like I said, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at LethalNFL. We're almost at 3,000 now. And the show at Locked On Fins. Follow our flagship show on Twitter as well as Facebook at Locked On NFL. And of course, check out the number one rated site in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. We're going to be back on Sunday. Sunday night with another Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.